Marketers of the world, why do we work hard to solve small problems? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. The Fractional CMO Show is sponsored by CMOX, the number one company to teach you how to attract, convert, and serve clients as an in-demand fractional CMO. Hey, it's Casey here with the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm here with the founder of Funeral Results Marketing, a digital marketing agency for funeral homes. He's also Funeral Boardroom's founder and fractional CMO for funeral homes, Robin Heppel. Rob's calling in from Victoria, British Columbia. Hey, Rob, excited to have you here. Thanks, Casey. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. I'm super excited because I find your industry just like so um, kind of hidden in plain sight. I, I've obviously f- seen funeral homes. I've been to funeral homes. And it's just like such an interesting market that comes with it. I think a lot of just like general avoidance that people have. They don't want to think about death. And you just have like leaned in completely into this. Um, I've learned so much in our conversations. Uh, around um, so many interesting things that I think we'll get into on, on the call today. But but first, I want us to like dive into this idea of um, kind of one of the things that makes a funeral service unique, which is someone has a pressing need and they need a service immediately. And if you don't win that, you don't get it. Um, this happens in funeral homes. If, if a funeral home, if someone in a community passes away, the family looks for a funeral home. And if you know your funeral home doesn't get it, uh, someone else will, and you'll never be able to win that business back. So I'd love to, for us to talk about capturing this intent-based traffic. Um, h- how would you like to start this conversation? Sure. Well, part of it is um, what we, in the, since like the mid nineties, there's been a push for funeral pre-planning or you know people planning their funerals in advance. So we, we offer that out to people. Most people, don't want to deal with it as you know they they're just avoiding it but that part of the business is more like some traditional uh, marketing where there's a bit of a funnel and you've got time to work them through uh, get messages out there you're going to interrupt them and have them come in but that only maybe uh, equates to 25 percent of the number of funerals that a funeral home looks after in a year. So the other part is people who avoid it, don't want to talk about it until it's time the death has occurred. And you're right. So the the cycle uh, I'll use for you and your listeners, like the sales cycle, uh, and I wouldn't say that inside (laughs) inside of ours, but, um, and, and we would say, instead of like closing the deal, we would like winning the call or the first call, right? So that, and that's how we talk about it in the industry is uh, when that family makes that first call to the funeral home, that's actually the noun, right? Oh, we have, uh, we had two first calls last night, meaning it was the first time that the family reached out to us and, and then things happened. And so the window is, is only a few hours or maybe a day or two at the max, uh, because after the death, after the death, because the the deceased is somewhere and probably needs to get transferred somewhere else. They can't stay at the nursing home. They, the hospital doesn't want them to stay there. So the, they're in the, the home. I would assume, they, right? yeah. And they don't want the deceased to be in the home for too long either. Right. So they there is a a need for them to make a decision quickly. And uh, there are a group of 
um, if someone's been in a city or a town for a long time, they might be using the same funeral home that you know their parents did or mm-hmm. their grandparents. And and uh, there's in some places there would be the Protestant funeral home and the Catholic funeral home and the Jewish funeral home. But in you know as societies change, then we we're trying to, and my job as a marketer to help them is to get their reputation online and through uh, being found in, in the search engines and with um, online reviews and, and that you're, you're trying to hold out your presence online. And so you have this very short period of time to let the uh, these client families know you know to choose your funeral home than, than someone else and and you're right the very unique thing about funeral service is you you've done all this work you've done all this marketing someone has to die for you to potentially get the business and then your marketing has to work and then the person fielding that you know if there's an information call they have to convey uh, you know, some rapport and confidence that that family would then choose you because if they then choose that other funeral home, that opportunity is, is gone. You have to mm-hmm. basically wait for the next person uh, to pass away. So uh, it's, um, and, and so it can get quite competitive too in uh, depending in the, the different markets, right? If there's just a few funeral homes, they're, you know, they're fighting for every, to serve every family that they can and I would assume that the 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 commitment of a family is oh my grandma was buried here and I didn't have a bad time so I'm going to bury my parents here and it's just kind of um, there's like a lot of uh, like oh what's what's the word that you would you would use to kind of loyal like loyalty, loyalty right there, yeah. yeah so there'd be loyalty but with you know in today's age with um, places being so um, transient Mm -hmm. like people move around and you know even lately we've seen lots of people moving from one place to another uh where where i am in uh, victoria we're also we're on the west coast of canada and we've had so many people come and retire here so it's very few victorians that are actually born and raised here i was Mm. my my dad was but i'd say 80 percent of the population are from they were born somewhere else so they don't so there's no family legacy there's no uh they didn't use a funeral home before Uh, Mm -hmm. and And there's no plot for them too right correct and that's why um victoria is the highest uh we have the highest cremation rate in north america uh which is like 93 percent um roughly so in uh just you know as an aside in 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 the u.s I believe it's 58% overall in Canada. It's a bit higher. I think it's like in the sixties and British Columbia in itself is in the eighties. But there's, but there's also a lot of uh, different uh, groups or communities. And so there's still some uh, ethnic groups that are always a burial. And so there's, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, it's never going to be a hundred percent, but there's uh, here, consistently we've we and we've been when i started in 86 it was like 67 percent, and that, you know that was the highest and then it's gone up from there gone up from there and but it has leveled off for i would say the last five years or so at about 93 percent got it okay got it so 
this notion that like people are moving from a more traditional burial process of having a plot of land, their families has a plot of land. You know, I, um, I live in Philadelphia and we've got a couple graveyards that I've walked and I see grandparents and parents and their kids and, um, you know, kids that died childbirth, like, like it's, it's a whole kind of story and family tree in, in the plot, but then those numbers stop. That stops at 1904 or 1915 or something like that. And then there's just no more burials. So the market is shifting to this cremation, which makes sense because why would you want to be buried in the ground in a place that you just kind of lived in for a little while? There's like really no significance. No one's going to come visit you. Um, so the market's kind of like fundamentally changing. I find that to be um, very interesting. And is that something that's happened recently? Is it over the last 10 years? It's been happening longer than that, Casey. Um, but it, you know, th- with so with with people moving and with the choice of cremation, so there's still a number of people that do get cremated that may have their cremated remains placed in that family plot, and depending on the cemetery, you might have, uh, like in the local cemetery uh, here that's close to me, uh, for every casket burial plot, you could have two sets of cremated remains. In the older cemetery uh, downtown, you can have three uh, urns per plot. Some churchyard cemeteries, you, know, you can have six, eight, ten. They don't, you know, there may not be the same restrictions. Uh, cemeteries too are now also a business, right? So even though spatially you could put physically put uh, a number of urns in a plot, they, just for record keeping and keeping things organized they they include or they allow like say two or three um so we also get some people that scatter their cremated remains some people will take their urn and uh have it sent back to the family but maybe they've maybe they've come from the midwest or out east and or overseas and their part of their um creator remains will be sent there and right and and that's common too where they get separated so maybe some are scattered here some are back at the uh, you know, churchyard cemetery where they grew up and some could be, you know, in Hawaii. Um, yeah, people, there's, they have more options with, um, with cremated remains. So it's, it's now depending on the person themselves, like if they have any specific wishes or even the, um, the survivors, what they, what they're going to choose to have that um, kind of lasting place for the, uh, for the deceased. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So um so kind of regardless of the transitory nature of, of things, like, I, I, I mean, I guess that would probably even increase the pressure of um, the funeral home to get that first call, because there is no legacy here that says, I went to this funeral home, because now I'm in another state or another city or whatever, and um, who gets that first call is, is really important. So this first call also happens with other things, I'm sure, like towing, like tow trucks, right? Like, mm. I need a tow, uh, who do I call? Well, you call your insurance company, but maybe you got to call someone else. Um, it probably makes sense for emergency things. What emergency room am I going to go to? What urgent care facility am I going to go to? Um, so this this idea that there's uh, intent-based immediate need traffic. You mentioned you get in front of it a bit through like your reviews, your online presence, but give me more on that. Like, do you measure things like speed to lead? Do you want... Uh, phone calls to come in? Is that the best thing? Do you want form submits? What matters the most? Well, probably, ideally, you'd want them to pick up the phone and call, right? Because then they, there's, it's a, because there's a number of things, uh, choices that they're going to have to make and decisions. And one of them is uh, price. And because there's, 
there has been uh, you know a thought out there like oh gee funerals are expensive and not, I'm not saying that they're not uh, you know oh caskets are you know caskets are can be expensive and so there is some what we would call shopping like shopping around and uh, and we're not I'm talking as a funeral director it's not like we're great salespeople we're we're in this very nurturing servant type business right and so it's it can be hard for people to express why they should do why someone should do business with you uh, and you have to go beyond just saying well we provide great service um, because the the families the clinic families want an idea of uh, like it doesn't mean that they want the cheapest uh, but they don't want like they don't want to overspend either and uh, so there's this balance of of that what are the facilities do you offer uh, different amenities like out here and on out west uh, memorial receptions are really big so uh, local funeral home here has uh, you know they have they have catering. So it's not just the receptions. Like when I started, it would be like you go to the, uh, the church basement after the service and, and the ladies at the church would have made like egg salad sandwiches. And, right. And that would be the reception. Uh, you know, now it is 15, $20 per person. You're getting quiches and, you know, hot uh, hors d'oeuvres and, mm. uh, and then they offer beer and wine. And, uh, so it's, it's now part of, uh, it's part of the revenue structure sure. uh, with, with more people that choose cremation, there's, there's less revenue from say from a casket sale. Uh, but, but with that, and with those changes, there's less people are going to church. So they don't have the same uh, connection where they could, Oh, we'll just have the reception at the church. They're not belonging to something like that. So it's they don't have even though, Oh, interesting. Correct. Yeah. So what do they go so, like the VFW hall or, or? Well, no, they, they, a lot of funeral homes, uh, m most uh, jurisdictions now allow food to be served in the funeral homes, but there's some Got certain it. states uh, around your area, Casey, that okay. prevent food uh, to be served at the funeral home, right? Even though there's a cafeteria at the hospital, something about food at the, at the funeral home doesn't equate to the same and uh my colleagues within the profession are you know continue to battle that with their state to uh, state regulators but so where fascinating where, where some people have where it's changed uh where people maybe if people have become less religious so maybe they're not getting buried and they're going to choose cremation that same sentiment of being less religious is now they don't belong to the church where they'd had the re reception so the um here's um a little fact the term undertaker which was used a century ago actually has uh you know its origin of meaning uh as an entrepreneur and the the concept of the undertaker was they would undertake all the services that would oh. go on when someone died right so they they were the uh, like my grandfather and great grandfather, they had the um, they had the furniture store, and that's where the caskets were from. Uh, but they would do they would they would do the embalming at the farmhouse. They would bring their little doctor bag out and and do that there, and then they would look after the the flowers, and they would get they would organize the service to be at the church, and they mm. you know so they like the event do manager, the doer, kind of the whole thing. Wow, correct. And so they undertook all the tasks 
that mm. that revolved around someone dying and that's where the name came from and then over time in say the mid 50s it became very um like they became more funeral directors and and funerals were very similar to for everyone there was you could see you know from from beginning to end they went through all these steps and maybe they were at a church maybe they're at the funeral home but they were very similar and then in the later part of last century so maybe in the 70s 80s 90s it that's where more options came cremation uh started to become more popular and so it changed again and so in in some parts the funeral professionals are having to become almost like a born again undertaker because so even though they the family wants to get together with people where they would have 20 years ago had that at the church they don't have that anymore so they could go to the country club but the you know the funeral home may have created their um, their space into a, a place to hold that reception and and then serve the hors d'oeuvres and uh, beer and wine if that's what you know if that's what the family wanted so so it's a constantly sh- shift of we're still catering for uh, all these tasks that revolve around when someone dies they're just not the same as they were a hundred years ago yeah okay got it that makes sense okay so. So back to this kind of game of it being high stakes, you want that call to come in. Um, what kind of ground game is needed to cover in order to be the preeminent solution? What do you think is important? Is it notoriety? Is it trust pilot reviews? Is it just raw Google reviews? Like what are some of these like core things that local service companies need to have that you think is critical? Um, I think that, you know, and it's, it's quite hard to convey, but they do want to have uh to show that the that they can provide a very meaningful service, right? So there are there are some places that may not put the effort into making that service as meaningful as maybe others. And some funeral homes can get a, a really great reputation on on having very meaningful services, where others who maybe are a little bit stuck back in the times are are holding on to that really formal, rigid type of traditional funeral service. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's fine for, for some people. Um, and the more progressive funeral homes can still offer that type of service. So they're in, in the, again, we're dealing with this short period of time where you have to convey like we can, uh, you know, we're, we're reasonably priced. We offer a variety of these services and, um, you know, we'll, help the family create a very meaningful service for their loved one. So it, that's try how, um, that's how they try to convey that, but it's, but it's hard. Some, and some people may like not every funeral home would have like a nice reception area. So that might be one key factor and um, where maybe others are just located in a better location. Maybe they're right beside the cemetery or mm. maybe they're, you know, closer to some other place in town. So there, there are some factors and the, that zero uh, moment of truth once people make that decision, that that information could have been gathered over time, even if they've never chosen a funeral home, they sure. probably aware of them. Uh, a lot of funeral directors are very involved in the community. So maybe they've, they've met someone and they've built that rapport with them, but it, it can be, it can just be price too. Uh, yeah. If they don't, if they don't want much and they, uh, and we hear this a lot like, Oh yeah, when dad died or, 
dad told us that when he dies, he just, you know, don't spend any money on me. Just uh, put me in a cremate, like just cremate me. And that's it. Put me in a pine box and cremate me. So um, funeral homes offer those li more limited services also. So it's hard, right? And it's a balancing act of when um, I think the toughest thing that um, funeral homes wrestle with in, in our marketing services, we, we help them put their, uh, to put their prices online. Mm -hmm. um, but if they're more expensive, it, if you just put a price list, it's very hard for the fam for the family to see like, well, why do these people charge a couple thousand dollars more than these people right. and just written, written word, right? So that's why you're trying to convey the value. Um, and get of, the call, right? And get the call. That's that's the name of the game. Because yeah, people buy ultimately on emotion. And if you put too much logic in front of them, they're going to make a decision that isn't right for them. You want to choose the decision that makes the most sense. And I'm sure if the funeral homes that you support get people on phone calls, they're able to sell in a way that has lasting memory uh, instead of just like price. Yeah. And, and that's the tough thing though, because when when we get a phone call, I'm talk, talking as a funeral director, uh, and if the first thing they ask about price, are we have this immediate kind of, um, we take a step back and and not offended but closely, they're they're just asking for price and and it's not that and I try to work with them and say look it's there that price is just information that they're gathering just because they ask for it they, it doesn't mean that it's the cheapest but you know they kind of get they get on guard and they. Um, and sometimes, and we work with them in training and that not to, not to think that this is it, right? That you have to have the lowest price or, uh, you know, some places will uh, price match, right? Oh, if, uh, you know, if you go to Stanton Funeral Home, they're $5,000. But if you go to Heppel Funeral Home, you know what, we'll, you know, we normally charge six, but we'll do it for five. So you don't have to go over there, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, some of that happens sometimes, but I think the, a, a well-trained funeral director on the phone is going to receive that call, provide the information that they're asking for and find out what other information is going to, um, that they need to make their decision, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not always lowest price, but sometimes we get defensive. And for sure. So, so we do it as marketers too, right? Yeah. We get defensive when someone's like, how much are you? And you're like, first, let me figure out if I can help you. Let me sell yeah. you the story. Let me sell you the emotions. So you're right. That's that's always difficult for folks to work with. So, okay. Um, I know that you have you have a history with obituaries that I think is novel. Yeah. So share, share what you've done there and like how that is like uh, approachable by people who maybe aren't with obituaries, but maybe with like lists and other things. Sure. Yeah. Well, the um, the interesting thing about obituaries is that, uh, especially when things started coming online, um, it would, you know, you, instead of having just a, marketing website so 20 page website static by adding obituaries to the website it really uh, would increase the traffic and to and we have we have clients throughout north america and there'll be some we have some small funeral homes that get a million visitors a year to their website in in these in these smaller towns that's where people go to see who's died so they'll uh, even my mom. So my mom wakes up in the morning. She lives here on the West Coast, but she's from Ontario. And she wakes up in the morning. She turns on her computer. She goes to the bathroom. She comes back to the computer after it's booted up. She goes to the local funeral home website and looks to see who's died. Like it's a connection to the to the community. Oh, and wow. you, 
Yeah. So um, now that's not the same in in a big metro area like Philadelphia, where you're going to have dozens and dozens of funerals. Sure. So but in my hometown, aren't... my parents, I mean, they looked at two things, I think. They looked at who got arrested, right? And then they looked at who died. So I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's um, so it's become very valuable. And one of, so one of the things that I stumbled upon in the mid 2000s, when I was starting to do some consulting, I'd been selling websites that had uh, for a company out of Texas, they had online obituaries. But back then, they they're all kind of stored in a in a database, and it wasn't wasn't indexed by Google. We weren't really thinking of that, right? We weren't thinking of XML sitemaps or uh, you know getting all the pages indexed. So when I had uh, when I created my own consulting uh, WordPress site, I published an article, and you know back then I had well I still have it, but my Google alert for my name, right? And 15 minutes I got an email, and it said. Uh, Oh, hey, here's your name was just you know on the on the internet, and it was the article that I just published, and that was with WordPress, and so it had, um, you know, the the structure of WordPress would um, was highly indexable if that's, if that's the right term sure. uh, by by Google. And yeah, WordPress was hot when it came out, right? Because yeah. everyone was just like dream weaving sites. Yeah, exactly. Well, custom HTML, and then so so I thought, well, I bet you people are looking, because when you hear that someone died, right, you're going to Google their name. Like, you know, oh, I heard Rob died. Oh, uh, Robin Heppel death, Robin Heppel obituary. Right. Um, and, but we, no one knew that this was going on because no one had obits that were indexed. As soon as we started offering this 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you could start seeing people, the searches were coming in because oh, the, wow. the word was out because the obituary usually you know might take a number of hours or a day or two uh, because the so the death occurs and the family has to choose the funeral home and then then they have to plan the funeral and make the arrangements and and then confirm it with whatever the location is so it could be a day or two and we've noticed that people would start searching and searching to the point now where, where we see hundreds of visits per funeral even though 50 people might attend this service, there could be 200 people interacting with that obituary, leaving a condolence. And so it's, um, so, so you got in front of people. So this idea of like getting obituaries indexed meant that people would find someone who had died. They would see that it came from the local funeral home. Then they would kind of create a, um, mental kind of, uh, connection to that funeral home. And that would drive more funeral home business. Is that well, right? At least it's giving you more exposure. Right? For sure, we can't. It's really hard to 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 measure that because right, the attribution is tough. Yeah, like ninety five percent of that traffic that goes to that funeral website is all about obituaries, and only five percent of it, or maybe even less, is about doing business with that funeral. Sure. So you're, but you're providing what I like to say is you're providing a community service, and you want people to interact within your virtual walls. Mm -hmm. So they're seeing your brand, they're seeing your colors. Uh, and uh, maybe there's like a video of the service on there, or we do lots of um, or funeral homes will do slideshow tributes, right? So number of photos, like 50 photos from when they're born to, you know, up until when they died and you put some royalty free music to it and uh, any things like that, that make um, that honor that person's life. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, cool. So I feel like we've learned a lot about you. Um, <laughs> and, you and you've got this funeral results marketing, uh, digital marketing agency that you've, that you've run for a long time. You've got funeral boardroom as well, and you're a fractional CMO. And I'm wondering, you had a time when you weren't a fractional CMO, where you were re really in it in these funeral homes. You were supporting on um, some of the day-to-day -day operations on the marketing side. Like you were the guy who was on the inside and after you've mastered that, you've built teams, you built your agency, and um, uh, you founded that. But now you're doing this fractional CMO stuff. So what's different between being a fractional CMO for a funeral home versus having an agency that provides services? Sure. Well, there's the kind of three, three basic uh, offerings, right? So there's your done-for-you services, which is, our, which is our agency. So we develop websites, we host websites, we do Google ads management, SEO, online reputation. And that's done for you, hands off. You don't have to worry about it. Great. And then with the, um, we also, I also have a training site called the Funeral Gurus. And that's where I'll put some training up there. If people ask me a question, I'll, I'll post it there. And that's more of a do it yourself. So people who want to learn, but mm -hmm. they don't, they're not going to really engage. But the kind of the done with you is the funeral boardroom. So where I would be working somewhat like a, like a consultant and, it with my um, variety of experiences in funeral service that could, it could be focused on technology. It could be focused on marketing. It could be focused on strategy, competition. Mm. Um, and, but the, the, the nice thing about the being a fractional CMO is it provides structure and where before with funeral boardroom, we would just work on it. We would kind of come up with an, an agreement of what they wanted help with. And I would work them through what they wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, where with the, with the fractional CMO, the great thing is, and with help with some of the frameworks that um, uh, you make available to us, is that there is uh, a system and a process in place and where where we can then become the, the leader of their marketing services. So with their with that, then they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to think, oh, like, hey, I'm gonna try social media for a couple of months and I'm gonna try Google ads and uh, where we can look at it from top down, make sure that the main things are being looked after and then tweak the, the other things and make sure that there's a process in place and it makes us more accountable to them. Uh, they can, uh, they're not the ones that are having come up with the, the ideas. I, you know, as you know, probably more than most, you know, things are always changing. Uh, there's, there's different resources out there. And what I think one thing that, uh, that I provide, and I tell my clients this too, I'm going to tell you the latest things that you could mm -hmm. be doing, but I'm also not going to tell you a ton of latest things that aren't going to apply which could be a real like time waste on your end. Because oh, what comes to mind for me is this idea that like, it, it's not what you do, it's what you don't do sometimes. Yes, right? absolutely. It's, don't focus on the stuff that doesn't matter. And if all you're doing is telling someone specifically do these few things, they could be like, wow, that's really simple. You're like, yes, but you're not doing all of the garbage that's going to waste your time and money. I think you're onto something for sure. Well, yeah, they, they'll say like, hey, do you think we should do a TikTok campaign? <laughs> I'm like, no, right now, now there is, um, in funeral service, uh, there are TikTokers that, um, 
they're doing their thing. And it's actually very beneficial to attract new people to funerals. Like we need uh, just like lots of industries and professions. We need more people sure. taking funeral service as a career. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's going well, but that's, those are just individuals and the funeral homes not getting new first calls. Cause that's our, our main goal. Right. So we want to make sure that we weed that out and uh, have the, have the goal and like just what's the goal you want more calls do you want more pre-arrangements okay if that's the goal then we look at the different channels to use and the different strategies to accomplish that goal but it's not going to be we should just use social media now uh versus um why don't we do google adwords and if i just could take a, a second here yeah uh so google google ads search not display is to get those um we call them at like at the time of need or at need deaths, like someone's died or about mm-hmm. to die. And you know your keywords for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, there's a handful of ones that are, um, that you need funeral homes in Philadelphia, probably, you know, funeral costs in Philadelphia and then different derivatives of that. And obviously it's not just half a dozen, but, sure. um, but those are people that are actively searching. They have buying intent and they, they need to find a funeral home. So our job is to then, um, get those people who are searching for that, get my client's ad in front of them and then to a landing page that then leads them through um, the process to get them to phone the feeder home and win the first call. On the, for social media, uh, social media isn't good for at need business or, you know, for at the time of death business, but for people who are pre-planning, uh, it's a good place to do it. So maybe you're having a, an estate planning seminar and you're planning an event or you're sending out uh, like a funeral planning checklist. So, you know, for re- people who are retiring uh, because there you're using that interrupt interruption or disrupting marketing where, you know, they're just sitting down going through the Facebook. No feed. intent. Yeah. They, they just see it. They go, Oh yeah. My mortality. Yeah. I better, um, uh, you know, I better make up some arrangements because I keep it seeing. I bet that. those ads don't do very well, right? Like, I mean, well, not intent based, just like finding people while they're like cruising Facebook, looking at fail videos. And now you say like, oh, you're going to die. What's your plan? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have to be a little softer than that. And yeah. I think that that too, Casey, is is the art of um, of marketing for funeral service because we haven't talked about this part yet, but you have to be very cautious, right? Mm. And that's... Um, there's some things that would you don't want to like sure you could see you know we'll, we see within industry uh, publications oh look at this you know creative ad and oh sure it's kind of funny for us to see it but really like my mom would be offended if she saw right. like some of these things right so you need to know your the target market of who you're um, who you're trying to reach and then what what um, marketing channels you're going to use. So yeah, it's, um, you just need to know what your goal and your objectives are and then use the appropriate marketing channels. Absolutely. Okay, great. So let's go to this question, which is um, if a funeral home was seeking marketing support, they're going to go look for a marketing agency and every city has a marketing agency. So they're going to find their local marketing agency and and they're going to call them up. What do you see as an issue from hiring a local marketing agency versus an agency that specializes in funeral services? Well, I think just part, uh, part of, of just what I explained of, of the type of person that you're trying to, like, who are you trying to attract with, with the marketing is one. And the, you know, there are a number of sensitivities uh, mm-hmm. that, that are just been ingrained in me growing up. 
Uh, and um, but I also see that they're they almost are a bit more short term. So as an example, uh, they might offer everything, right? They're going to do branding. They're going to do, uh, we're going to do, create a style guide for you. Uh, yeah, we'll do a new website for you. And um, yeah, we can make sure the SAO is okay. But they they don't know the, the value of the obituaries. So I've had, I've had in, and more than one occasion have come in in the middle and, or afterwards and the you know, someone will say, hey, you know, we use this local company. I go to Rotary with them and, and like we're, we lost all our ranking. And I said, well, you know, I look and like they messed up all the obits. So they, and I, I've even seen them, we use WordPress and, mm -hmm. uh, and one of the, one of the benefits of WordPress is you can have the same structure and you can just put a new theme on it. And so you can, it looks like a brand new website, but you haven't, you haven't, change any of the structure and, and all the history. And because some prominent people who have their obituary and they could have hundreds of condolences on that, and they might have even a bunch of backlinks coming to that. Well, if you don't preserve that, right. then um, they, um, it's just gone. Like you've, just gone. You've, you lose all that kind of authority that you've had years and years and years. Yeah. Online, it's just so important. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like and news they, sites do that. They like let news articles disappear. And there's links that go to dead pages. You just can't have that if you want to maintain credibility long-term. Yeah, and it's it's just basic. And basic. Uh, so, so there's that. And then um, they'll even, and sometimes like, you know, these are generational companies. So over time, maybe the, the names change or change slightly. And what'll happen is they'll go and they'll, like, okay, well, you know, we're going to change that domain. We got the new domain for you. And they like, let the domain die. Oh, and I, yeah. Like, so and some squatter buys it and then they rebuild the website and have the old contact information. And then they put links over to Viagra or health insurance or something else to get that high quality backlink. And you can never get it back. I've that's seen right. that happen. And that's yeah. scary. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's just, again, not understanding the, um, like the whole business and and the uniqueness of a funeral home website versus um, some like a lawyer website so right. or an accountant website so you know here are three professional services in town but you know two of those websites are very similar and this other one is this huge community service that gets yeah. 10 hundred times the traffic um, and that's the, fascinating to consider the funeral service the funeral website as as the funeral home website is more of a community service. I think that that's very unique. You think of a law firm and what they, that's not a community service. No, people aren't checking there on a regular, no one's waking up and logging into the, uh, <laughs> the, the who, local who lawyer. In. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, um, we, we find this in the, the kind of the last thing, and this is more on the, um, the Google ads side of it is because of all this traffic for obituaries, we've had some clients say uh, like we're spending all this money with this company on on you know google ads and we're getting no business and right. i look and they're like they're bidding on obituary like they're bidding oh. on the word obituary because google google will tell you suggested like it. yeah they suggested well casey no this is even worse and, odd match yeah yeah exactly so funeral cremation cemetery obituary are all synonymous now so we re heavily rely on negative keywords to You'd have to uh, otherwise, because it's just a, it's a nightmare. So, which keeps us in business, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and, and it's now hard for the do-it-yourselfer to, to do 
do it for themselves, sure. right? So it's, um, you know, over time. And again, us really knowing, knowing the business that can help them out. And it's not like we're any more expensive than, than using a, a local marketing company. We just, we just know more. And uh, there's always the argument of, oh, well, we would just want a fresh approach. Well, okay, you can maybe get a fresh approach from, from a company, but when, when it comes down to the, the mechanics of marketing for funeral services, they're not going to be able to compete or mm-hmm. even have anywhere near the knowledge that like my, someone like myself that would bring as a fractional CMO. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And you're not even talking about short-term knowledge that you put together in the last few years. You're talking about generational knowledge and experience and tact and, and everything. Awesome. So let, let's pull this to a close. So I sure. I feel like I've learned a ton here. I love talking about this stuff because it's like, I don't want to call it dark, right? But it's just it's just not out in the open. No one talks about this stuff. And um, folks that run funeral homes need support. They need to grow their business. Uh, they're not going to, um, you know, publicly share their revenue like some startups would or something like that, right? Like that's that's not appropriate, but they still have the same needs. They're still feeding their family. They're still serving their community. They still need the same level of um, business development and strategy around growth. And it's awesome that you're coming from um, just kind of a history of that. You've got this pedigree of uh, undertaker all the way through to like digital marketer, all supporting folks through this. And it feels like I mean, I mean, to me, it's unique. I think I know a lot of people in marketing and you're the only person I know here and you're at the top. You're the number one. That's why you have the website funeralcmo.com. And you offered folks here, uh, you mentioned that I could I could share this, uh, that if anyone's interested in growing their funeral home, um, if you're lo- they're looking for a uh, CMO in the funeral space, uh, that you'd be open to a 25 minute call and they can book that at funeralcmo.com forward slash call funeralcmo.com forward slash call. Um, Rob, this has been awesome. Uh, I mean, when, when I just think of like funeral homes, I just think like all the facts I have in my mind, they all come from you. So I'm really <laughs> grateful for, for the time today, man. Oh, great. Well, I'm, I'm glad to help. And thanks for the opportunity, Casey. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Take care. Okay. You too. See ya. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom.